Hey guys, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We are going to be talking about a truly a perfect October watch, um, Lovecraft Country. It's a little spooky. And there's a lot to say because it was a lot. I haven't talked to Jordan about it at all yet, so I'm very excited to hear her thoughts. I'm sure there will be a first non-spoiler review of our overall general feelings and then probably a little bit of a spoiler section just because it's a show that's kind of hard to discuss without discussing spoilers. Yes, definitely agree with that. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) But first, TV news. I have a lot of TV news. There was a lot of news that dropped this week. Maybe we might have a lot of overlap, but I felt like it was kind of an overwhelming TV news week. Yeah, I felt the same exact way. One of the first things that I guess I feel excited to talk about... (laughs) (laughs) is that it was announced that Shawn Mendes is going to have a Netflix documentary called Shawn Mendes in Wonder, and that's literally all I know is it's a documentary on him with him. comes out November 23rd. An early Christmas present for you. Truly. Can't wait. Something that is very interesting... um, and newsworthy is that The Vow, HBO's documentary on Nexium, got renewed for a second season. And I've seen a lot of different, very strong different opinions about this online. Um, I have not finished the first season just yet. I'm like two episodes behind. Did you finish? Did you watch the finale? No, I didn't. I actually was forgot that the finale was also yesterday. Yeah, kind of a big day for HBO, but... yeah. Maybe um, we'll talk about that next week. I don't see IDK. why not. <laughs> Especially since we're both like just about done with it. Exactly. Um, so we'll it's report back. Spooky. Yeah, we'll <laughs> report back on how we really feel about second season. I've seen people that are either stoked um, or I think more people I've seen are upset and annoyed. I think that mm-hmm. they didn't just wrap it up for the second for at the end of season one, but I don't know. So we'll, we'll just have to, that'll be something we discuss when we finally discuss the show. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine what else they could say or do, but I don't know how it ended. So we'll see. Ditto. One thing that I was excited about is we're getting another series from Mindy Kaling. Um, It's going to be on HBO max and timothy chalamet's sister is going to be in it what and yeah did not hear that part of the news holy crap yeah i saw it i was like pauline chalamet it has to be timothy related timothy and and pauline wow Mm -hmm. wow wow amazing um but yeah it's called the sex lives of the sex lives of college girls so we'll see what happens but I mean, very excited. Yeah, that's great news. Sounds steamy. <laughs> and Mindy, I trust Mindy, you know? Yeah. She's three for three. Like, yeah. 
um, something totally new and different. And so I'm excited for her. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, speaking of Chalamet related news, um, I. Oh, my God. Yeah. Adam McKay <laughs> has a new Netflix movie coming out. And you know what? I literally only know the this cast list. I have not heard one other thing about what the movie's about. Ditto. But let me just try and rattle this off. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Rob Morgan. I'm just reading them in order. It's it's not in anyway. Meryl Streep, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Himesh Patel, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, <laughs> Matthew Perry, and Tomer Sisley, who I'm not familiar with. <laughs> but like that is an insane list. <laughs> it's truly insane. And yeah, I don't really know much else about it either. Yeah, that's literally the only thing I've heard is just a jaw-dropping cast list, um, mm-hmm. including I think the most shocking person is Jennifer Lawrence because she hasn't been maybe Leo too, but I haven't seen anything that's streaming. So that's that's why they stood out to me as like the most shocking. And yeah, mm-hmm. Ariana stands out because it's a, a movie, probably not a musical. Mm-hmm. But they the thing is they did get her to be in Gre- uh hairspray life on TV, which was confusing. That's, <laughs> That's very true. Um but yeah, it's just kind of like it honestly looks like a list of that meme of like which cafeteria table would you sit at, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like a very random list of A listers. Yeah, it'll be I mean, and it's Adam McKay, so I mean I trust Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time time will tell. Um, okay, this piece of news is is two pronged. Um, because A, on becoming a god in Central Florida was canceled due to the pandemic by Showtime. Okay. I realize not a lot of people watched this, um, but I loved it. And then it was announced. That they are reviving Dexter on Showtime, and, and no one and no one really wanted that. No one wanted it. No one even thought about it. No one asked for it. And I saw a friend of mine who also loved on Becoming a God sent me a meme, and it was like, "Covid cancellations are inevitable. I'm just paying attention to who's getting more chances and who isn't." Is all I'm saying. And truly, it seems a little wild that, like, a female-centric show that was really great gets canceled, and then they decide to bring back Dexter? It doesn't add up for me, and I'm very upset. It's very frustrating. I mean, I, I look at Glow, too. And exactly. That's different, different um, obviously, network slash mm-hmm. platform, I guess is the right word, but, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I hadn't even gotten a chance to watch the uh, Kristen Dunst show yet, and I feel like Dexter is the the legacy of Dexter is that it fizzled out and everyone hated how it ended. Mm-hmm. And so no and, like, one you had your chance. Why are we giving people a second chance? Yeah, it's not exactly a show that like fans are like petitioning to give it another try or like reboot it or something. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of just been radio silence. Um, it's not even like like you know how Sopranos have been kind of like the cool show to for people to binge during mm-hmm. quarantine. Like no one is talking about binging Dexter. 
wow, couldn't have said it better myself. That is really frustrating. Couldn't agree more. Because I hadn't, you know what? I hadn't even really put those two things together, but barf. I know. This is a continuation of a new, that a news that I was really excited about that actually turned out to be not true is that Tatiana Mislani has said in an interview that she's actually not going to be She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. What? Um, She said in an interview this week that she's like, yeah, I don't really know how that blew up, but it's not true. And That's and like weird. The, I know. And I pulled it was she, it was an interview for like an Ontario well, Ontario uh, magazine called the Sudbury Star. Never heard of them. But they were like, oh, like, aren't you excited to be She-Hulk? And she was like, that's actually not true. And they were like, oh, well, it was on like CNN. She was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know how this stuff happens, but it's not true. Does she not have like a press person? It's weird that that. I mean, she must like watched earlier because that was such big news. I know. It's really strange. I mean, she's like won Emmys. Like there's no way she doesn't have PR. Yeah. So it's all very weird. And I feel like it's probably like an ongoing story. <laughs> hmm. I don't. Hmm. It's very, very, very weird. Get my number one detective. If you could get on it. I will try. Detective Goff. But thank you. It's extremely weird. Yeah, that's bizarre. And a bummer because now I'm definitely not going to watch that show. <laughs> yeah, you were going to watch it. <laughs> and now I'm like back to no interest. <laughs> it's kind of a relief. One yeah. less thing to yeah. worry about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One less thing on my to-do list. <laughs> um. Well, this just barely in in the last hour. A24 announced that there's two special Euphoria episodes coming. And the first one is going to be on December 6th. Yay. Wow. Birthday present for me. I know. Wow. Very exciting. That is some happy news. I know. My last piece of news is that um, you, season three, they added um, two new cast members, um, one of whom is Shalita Grant, who played um, the lawyer we loved in in Search Party season three. She was so good. She was like one of the best parts of that whole season. And yeah, yeah, and so that's really excellent news um, for you. Just can't can't quit that show, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They'll always drag me back. (laughs) Um, They also added Travis Van Winkle, who I'm, and I'm not sure who he is. Me neither. He's in a he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff that I've never seen. Well, still very exciting. Yes, extremely exciting. The last piece of news that I have is that. Amazon is going to be making an I Know What You Did Last Summer television series. Hmm. That's all I know. It was like trending on Twitter and I don't really know that much about it. But very interesting. I mean, I know that I was traumatized by the tanning bed in that movie. (laughs) But other than that, I don't remember much from it. <laughs> I never saw the movie, but I did read the book. Didn't even know it was a book. Yeah. Lois Duncan, she had like 50,000 books along in the same vibe. And I was obsessed <laughs> oh, with all no of them. No offense to Lois Duncan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went through a major uh, Lois Duncan phase in middle school. I read all these murder books. You're a Duncan um, head? 
I was a real Duncan head. Real heads, no. Real heads, no. <laughs> if um, I know each last summer was a book. I did a book report on it. <laughs> wow, a real head. I real, love learning things about you. Real Duncan head. <laughs> yeah, my dad was like, "Isn't that book rated? Or isn't that movie rated R?" Because I was in sixth grade. <laughs> that book, and I was like, "And." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. People had to get consent forms to come to your book report. Oh, yeah. Presentation. It was very graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's a lot of news, and it's all very juicy. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so along with Lovecraft Country for our top three, um, we decided to just name our favorite top three favorite tv mythical creatures i'll go first and say my number three is our um daenerys's dragons but especially when they're like little babies yes i love them they're They're so so cute. cute they really are so cute good choice thank you my number three um this is the only time i pick one that like appears to be a human but I picked um, Eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> How cute and cuddly is that creature? She, I mean, she is, especially in season one. She's just this precious little, like, yeah, true. little mutant kind of powerful robot girl. Um, Yeah, so I, I picked Eleven. I like it. I hadn't even thought about her. Um, my number two, I chose Baby Yoda. Seemed like a given. Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda is actually my number one. Perfect. How could you I mean? Not- you really can't go wrong with Baby Yoda. He or she is perfect. Yes, they are. Oh, you go with your, your oh, number two. My then? number. Yes, I'll just say my number two. My number two. It's also Game of Thrones, but I picked the Dire Wolves. Mm. Love it. Yeah, also very, very cute and cuddly, but also very dangerous and potentially scary if you yeah. are a stark enemy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'd rather have protection on the ground than in the sky. Yeah, I agree. I think flying a dragon, I mean, what a power move and good to have some quicker transportation than other mm-hmm. people. But also, just the act of flying seems pretty scary and dangerous. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm I'm more of a dire wolf girl myself. I like it. And didn't you we went to Color Me Mine and you drew a dire wolf on your was it a plate or a bowl? It was a bowl. It's a bowl, yeah. My favorite and bowl. It's beautiful. To this day. Thank you for remembering that. You're welcome. <laughs> um Okay, well my number one is Salem the Cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. An icon, a hero. Truly. Amazing. Just life changing. Love mm-hmm. that cat. The so, only cat I've ever loved. <laughs> um so are you talking like nineties Salem or oh yeah, Netflix 90s Salem. Salem. Okay. Yeah, I mean Netflix Salem can't talk. Yeah. Nineties Salem is hilariously snarky. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Okay, good. That would that's the superior Salem, if you ask me. Agree. Okay. Well, <laughs> Lovecraft Country. Jordan, want to give a 
brief synopsis. <sighs> oh boy. I should have practiced have... this more throughout the day <laughs> than I did. I have faith in you. Well, and honestly, I'm probably going to lean on the synopsis that I would see like on IMDb, which really mm-hmm. only talks about the first couple episodes. But basically, it's set in 1950s America and Atticus, his friend, uh, Letty, and his uncle go on a like road trip basically to try and find Atticus's dad and they encounter sci-fi creatures and um racist cops and just non-cop people they encounter racism we'll say non-cop people (laughs) civilians I guess (laughs) they encounter horribly racist people and also they kind of they get wrapped into like this like um supernatural cult basically mm-hmm. and then just like everything explodes from there great job thank you i actually feel pretty good about that yeah i think you did amazing thank you okay before we jump into spoilers what would you how, what would, what are your overarching general feelings um overall i thought it was very good i feel like at times i loved it um, mm-hmm. I don't know the whole time. So there were some things that kind of lost me. Um, and, um, I, I felt kind of confused, um, at like several parts, even within an episode. Sometimes I'd be like, okay, what, or like, where did this come from and why kind of things? But mm-hmm. there were also some really like, really powerful, um, like, dare I say, like, existential spiritual themes they brought up that I was like wow like I feel so um empowered mm-hmm. at sometimes um and I felt like um it covered a lot of like difficult well obviously a lot of it was very difficult to watch it but a lot of it I would say 10% of that was probably maybe like out of like gore it was kind of hard to watch but 90 percent was like reliving actual racist history of america and so Mm -hmm. in that way it was like the important way of being difficult to watch especially for like white people where it's easy to forget you know Mm -hmm. sure yeah i really enjoyed it too i thought especially for something as like mystical and fantasy based like this um I usually steer away from those kinds of shows, but like Game of Thrones kind of like brought me in, which kind of made me feel like I could trust Lovecraft Country since it was also HBO. And a lot like all most of the like mystical stuff was done so well and so beautifully that um I also add not there were things that were definitely not beautiful, but they were still done in the believable way. Yes. Um, that really kept my attention and didn't make, and it like brought me into the story instead of like making me feel like, wow, that did not look real and like pull me out of it, which I think is really says something to the show and its creators. And a lot of it just made me think a lot, which I appreciated. And I was confused and I still, 
I still feel have a few questions, lingering questions. I think there were some things that weren't like tied up as well as maybe they should have. And I think there were a few like balls that were kind of dropped as far as um, telling the story of black people and like queer people. Um, But for the most part, I thought that it was a very interesting story and done really well and all the acting was really great and it was just like very interesting to watch there were parts that were like genuinely spooky um like jj abrams was an executive producer i don't know if on all the episodes but also jordan peele was so have some heavy hitters when it comes to horror and yeah i liked it Good. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear you say that too. And I I um I agree with the points you brought up for sure. Um one that I was thinking about too when I think that shows that have sci-fi fantasy but it's like grounded in reality, like it's like mm-hmm. human people that I can relate to that are also reacting in shock to like anything magical or yeah, like crazy creatures and stuff. That yeah. is I so much more enjoyable to me than something that's like set in a land where that is like normal. That makes um, sense. And so that was that is just like that to me it's just easier to bring me in and like I like fantasy and stuff, but I'm thinking like even Game of Thrones, like dragons aren't the norm to every person in that show. So even though it's mm-hmm. like set in I guess the past it's like that also is kind of like regular people yeah kind of thing like it was less um even like the red woman is like what who is this lady yeah totally and so um I always I always prefer that and again I mean like not to compare it too much to Watchmen but I feel like that was another thing with Watchmen is that it was basically like normal crazy things happening to normal people Mm -hmm. um even though like superheroes and stuff were kind of accepted, but it was like, so it's so, so rare that it wasn't like part of every person's daily life. So I don't know. Yeah. It's I, like underground magic. Yes. And so I, I, I liked that aspect of this for sure. Okay, cool. Me too. That was a great way to put it. And now I can use that for my future fantasy endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, your own little, flowchart of like should I watch Mm -hmm. this (laughs) yeah okay I feel like that was great and I feel like we can jump into spoilers sounds good let's go something that this show does is like you mentioned is that they like bring in these like real events that happened like they do touch on like Emmett Till and the Oklahoma massacre and even the episode where Um, The house that Letty bought is, like, haunted. That's, like, a real story. And, And, like, the Korean War. Yeah, and the Korean War. That's another one. Good job. Good job. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you, is what I meant to say. I kind of forgot. I'm just looking back at my notes of being, like, oh, yeah, like, that was actually a huge part of it. But I kind of already forgot. (laughs) Yeah. When those things were happening, um, especially with the Emmett Till mention and like I felt like kind of confused about those I would say that the Emmett Till storyline and also the Oklahoma massacre storyline um 
I just felt like they were it was just like this like side plot that they were like this is happening but it didn't really give the sort of like background and history and like depth that we should be giving to those events if that makes sense and I was I thought this on my own but I wasn't really sure how to like put it into words and then I read this article in the New York Times that was saying kind of the same thing and they even went a lot more into depth about the show in general but um they were saying that they kind of use black trauma as a narrative currency and that like historical this is a quote but they say the historical figures and events aren't woven into the story in a way that freshly reveals or acknowledges the humanity of the victims or broadens our understanding of black in injuries and generational suffering they're used for show as though adding to allusions to and scenes of black grief may increase the series credibility as a woke depiction of blackness in america and i thought that was a good point and kind of made me realize why i felt a little bit weird about those parts like even with the emmett till thing i was like are they talking about the emmett till it was like very confusing to me um anyway that that's not to say I didn't like the show, but I just felt like that was worth bringing up. I no, that's a like you said. I think that is a really good expression of that because even just little things where, like, to bring up the Emmett Till episode again, they they kept talking about like Emmett Till was the character Diana's best friend, and I was like, did we meet him earlier? Did we ever see them being friends? Like I. I kind of was like putting it on myself that maybe I just missed that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're, it's like, like, I think they were hanging out, but he was never introduced as Emmett Till until he was murdered. Which I think that, um, was that part of that quote you just read where if we had like humanized the victims, um, or did you just yeah. say that on your own? Because that was really no, good. That was the quote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say such a thing on my own. <laughs> but like, if we had seen her. Like, I mean, part of that is just because we didn't really get to spend that much time with Diana until then a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like, Mm -hmm. if we had seen her, if we'd seen more of her like playing with Emmett Till and and then like knowing that that's his name, like that would have been horrifying Yeah, to see earlier on. Um, And another thing is that is interesting with the Tulsa massacre. Um... Again, I mean, another Watchmen comparison because the first, Mm -hmm. the opening scene of Watchmen is that same massacre, but they almost seemed like they were happening in different scopes to me. Like the Mm -hmm. in Lovecraft Country, and I mean, unfortunately, I hadn't even really known anything about that massacre until I saw Watchmen, and I don't think that that's a unique experience. No, sadly, but um, I feel like so. There's definitely a lot of other context to that event that I don't even probably fully understand. But this one seemed like a very small scale. Like there was this horrible massacre happening in this one little neighborhood almost Mm -hmm. compared to in Watchmen. It felt like this entire huge city is being like destroyed and like every person is being killed. Like, so it was almost, I was almost not confident that they were even the same event until I yeah. saw it like I online it was like that's the the Black Wall Street massacre. I mean mm-hmm. so 
that was the the scale of things was a little confusing to me too. Mm-hmm. I think that there. One more thing on this kind of similar subject is um, there was a plot line with the two spirit that they found. So someone asked the creator as to why they chose to portray Yamaha the way they did. And Yamaha was the um, two spirit that was introduced and then brutally murdered. And um, she said, I wanted to show the uncomfortable truth that oppressed folks can also be the oppressors, but I didn't examine or unpack the moment slash portrayal of Yamaha as thoroughly as I should have. It's a story point worth making, but I failed in the way I chose to make it, which I thought was really interesting that like while the show is going on, she's even admitting like, yeah, that story wasn't didn't play out the way it should have. And like she regretted it. Which I appreciated. Yeah, you don't hear that very often. Like, I would contrast that with Game of Thrones when people were complaining about the episode being so dark. And Mm -hmm. they were like, well, I'm the expert, not you, stupid. Yeah, like, (laughs) suck it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So those were, like, those were my only, like, critiques slash, like, things I noticed that didn't sit totally right with me. But for the most part... I was able to usually like figure things out and like answer my questions. I felt like the two main plot points that I left still feeling confused about were Yamaha and like why, why the two spirit was murdered and like what was the driving force behind that. And then also why Christina decided to save Letty. I'm still very confused about that. And I, wasn't able to find an answer were you no I um I feel like there was so much happening in the finale that I actually I felt pretty worn out by the end I was kind of like there was a lot to keep track of and that I and a lot that seems like I can't really trust that it was even like final if that Mm -hmm. makes sense specifically with Letty though I was confused because it was it wasn't that a different marking on her? I feel like the actual symbol that was on her stomach was like different. It looked different hmm. to me. So I was like, is it like a different spell to protect her? Like I uh I did I had no idea. And I I don't understand why Christina would have like was she even the one that cast that spell or was there someone else? From what I read, Christina did cast it and then I think it was in the Vulture article I was reading and they were like, the only thing we can come up with is maybe Christina had a last minute like change of heart. I'm like, okay. But like if, if that's true, there was no visual evidence of that at all. Cause all we saw was her like covered in blood laughing and then like becoming like, I'm all powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she would have done it right when she pushed her out of the, Oh, thing. well, even I'm then, pretty... oh, okay. I don't... yeah, actually, I don't know, though. Even then, we didn't, there was no, there, we didn't see anything on screen of no. her having any kind of change of heart because we were, yeah. the camera was following Letty all the way out of the window. Mm-hmm. So that's my main, main question. And I'm from now I've read like three articles <laughs> and they're still wondering the same thing. I saw someone mention that the creator answered that on 
but I wasn't able to find it. So if anyone has watched the show and knows that answer, please let me know. Seriously, please. I would say um, I was the only other thing I would add is how what a bummer it was that like we just basically hear secondhand that Ruby died. Yeah. Or is like, I mean, I'm assuming she's donezo because if Christina was like impersonate or metamorphosized as her or whatever. <laughs> um, but that was like, that was a huge bummer to me because yeah. that was the plot line that I was, one of the ones I was most invested in was Letty's relationship with Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it was like, it was very well balanced where like Ruby had a right to be upset with Letty that she only really came to her when she needed something and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was, but that's the thing. It's like, that was one of the storylines that I was like, if they do a season two, like they could just save Ruby however they wanted because we never even saw what happened. Yeah. Like, and same with Atticus. They could also save him technically. Yeah, exactly. And like both of those things, I would hope that they would happen because I love those characters, but it's honestly back to game of Thrones. It reminds me of how much in the final season was frustrating because we didn't see it happen. Like, um, even like the first thing that comes to mind is when um, Jon Snow tells his siblings about being related to Danny. Danny. I, it wasn't like a selfish, like, oh, I wish we could have seen that conversation. It's like, really, though, like, why didn't we see that conversation? Like, that was yeah. really weird. So it's just like some of those things where it's like, it's just so much more effective if we can actually see it play out. Yeah. That's how I felt about a lot of the those quick scenes shown um at the very end that just like here's what happened in the background (laughs) i was watching it with a friend and we had to like we like paused it to like analyze every single quick vision that we saw which helped but yeah it was um i think it added to the confusion and i think i would have some of those characters deserved more Mm mm-hmm um, the last note I really wanted to make was I loved the Hippolyta episode. I think that was my favorite one. It was so beautiful. I'm assuming that's kind of the episode that you were referring to where you felt powerful. Yes. It was so For great. Sure. Um, did you, I didn't, I thought I recognized her from somewhere, didn't know until I looked it up on IMDb, that Sue from Veep was that warrior lady. Oh my gosh, no, I didn't even notice. I, I was like, I feel like I've seen her in something. And I will go to IMDb. Wow. And I she like so different. I know. And she like, I was like, well, did they hire like a pro athlete or something? I was like, why do I feel like I know her? It was freaking Sue from that is Veep. amazing. So that was just added to the joy um it's worth like watching that scene over i I rewound it when i realized because i didn't know it was her until after i like went yeah past that scene but i went back and and watched it again knowing it was her and i was just like oh my Mm -hmm. gosh but yeah that i think that was my number one favorite episode yeah me too it was very good um what my one question for you is which did you think was the scariest thing 
um those like twin little yeah. evil girls that start following d by far the scariest thing on the whole show because everything else crazy even like the haunted house episode i was like that's not scary this isn't scary and then those two little demons oh those, those were scarier than the entire movie it that's yes. what i said like they were incredible they the were way scarier they yes and then like when she's in the car and one like pops up Mm-hmm. even yeah even seeing them from far away they were terrifying yeah oh my gosh yeah they were so scary they were scarier than the exorcist scarier i, I could i could just rattle off things they were scarier than but wow <laughs> they were so creepy they were great <laughs> but i was like it was good in that like i kept waiting to go back to her scenes in that episode because mm-hmm. i was like that part's scary it's good Okay, who is your crush of the week? Well, I'm going to have to choose Jonathan Majors because he was so hot to me. I was like, <laughs> there were some times when I was like blushing. I was like, he is so hot. <laughs> anytime those glasses, he, anytime those glasses went on his face, I was like, oh. I'm like blushing now talking about mm-hmm. it. I like the, he looked so hot in the 50s style. Mm-hmm. and i loved his character so much even though like you get mad at him sometimes like he just he felt like a real person yeah um but yeah i feel like he was also my crush maybe when we watched the five bloods even though he was like not really in that movie that much mm-hmm. but i was just like wow i'm so happy that he's like really getting famous yeah he is beautiful and i cannot wait to see where else he goes yeah well i will let you have him and i will take uh letty um journey smollett she uh, i just like she was so great and i really missed her loved her in an fnl she she's perfect she's perfect in fnl she's perfect in this yeah another person who looked so amazing in 50s clothes Mm-hmm. wow yeah she looked incredible she's so beautiful and i just i really liked her i I loved when she how she called um, Atticus Tick. I thought that was very cute, and I love that nickname. I do have a lot of problems with their relationship. I think they're really bad at communicating, but yeah. I think that's kind of, I guess, a normal problem that couples have, you know? Yeah, that actually, that brings up the one final point I wanted to make that I forgot about, mm-hmm. is that it was interesting. I was like, it was a common theme in the show and also very frustrating that the theme was keeping secrets from people does not protect them. Yep. And like it hap- it was constantly repeated. Different characters were like, why didn't you tell me this? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. I wanted to protect you. Like it was honestly, it happened so often that I was like, okay, when is this just, it's like a cliche at this point now in this show, mm-hmm. but it's like, Good theme to learn that keeping secrets from people, that is not how you protect a person. Just no. tell they them. They could have just all gotten together, laid out all of their experiences and what they knew, and probably solved it within two episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, though. Like, oh, my gosh. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's a very powerful theme and infuriating, but it's like in that way where you're like, okay, I've got to take this to my own life, I guess, because Mm -hmm. yikes. Yep. Great. I'm glad you liked it. I thought it was 
very interesting and I just feel like I could talk about it for hours and hours and read hundreds of um things about it online and yeah I can't wait to read that New York Times article you referenced yeah you should read it it's very interesting yeah fun October watch um really makes you think and I guess that's all I have to say about it cosine you know (laughs) (laughs) thank you um with that I guess we will talk to you all next week Bye. Bye.